There are many ways people listen to vision, including on smart speakers. Just tell your smart speakers to play Vision Christian Radio. Alexa, play Vision Christian Radio. Vision. Yep, it really is that easy. You can also say, play V180 Radio for our music channel. It's just another way that Vision is helping you look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. We're going to be talking through this coming hour, all things Christmas. So our talkback line is open. You might like to join in our conversation. It doesn't have to be deep, but you might have your own thoughts. You might have your own story to tell. Our special guests, Brett and Kate Ryan, joining us. Whenever you plan a big celebration, there's always that danger that something could go wrong. Sometimes our best laid plans can all come undone. So no doubt we're putting in some extra effort ahead of Christmas Day on Saturday to make sure that things go like clockwork. You don't know uh, what might happen if you undercater at Christmas. Uh, there's always that fear in the back of your mind. You want to make sure the barbecue gas bottle is full. You want to make sure that everyone who's there gets a present. Uh, you want to avoid trigger topics that turn friends into enemies. And maybe that vaccination conversation might be one to avoid this Christmas. And safety is always a priority, especially for the kids. Now, this year, especially for many of us, it'll be a family reunion with borders open. We don't want accidents, tantrums, old wounds opened, or anything less than a memorable day for all the right reasons. And in all of that, somehow... We want to remember the reason for the season, the birth of Jesus, God's plan of redemption, who arrived on that very first Christmas day. So we're talking all things Christmas today with Brett and Kate Ryan from Focus on the Family. Kate, a special welcome first of all to you. Oh, thanks, Neil. Lovely to be here. And Brett, welcome along. Thank you so very much. Okay, now you guys are parents, as I remember, grandparents too. Have I got that right? Yes. Okay. We got right. two. Two. Okay. All right. So uh, when you were kids or when your kids were little, uh, were there ever any issues uh, waking up early on Christmas Day? Take us back to some early Christmas thoughts you guys might have. You know, it's funny. They really didn't wake up a whole lot earlier than normal. They, they were clockwork. They went to bed at six, woke up at six. They, <laughs> they were they were very easy. We we knew they only had one switch on or off. Oh, yeah. So and uh, so they woke up at their normal time, but they all were anticipating having a pillowcase at the end of their bed, and even into their teens and dare I say early young adults. They are still looking forward to the pillow slip at the end of the bed. We didn't have stocks, uh, stockings because they couldn't fill as much. Or, or we didn't have a fireplace to hang it on. Or <laughs> a mantelpiece. 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 Yep. Hey, you know, stocking fillers or pillowcase fillers uh, that can become a very expensive exercise too. So, uh, for some who have the pillowcase, perhaps for some bigger gifts, and others. Uh, the stocking for some smaller gifts. Sometimes uh, there's a budgetary constraint on all of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. We we were pretty careful with our gift buying because we didn't want them to focus on just the gifts. Uh, we wanted them to focus on the reason for the season. Um, and so 
funnily enough, you'd say things like, oh, we're not going to get much this year and it'd be the biggest year that we'd had. So, you know, we, we would laugh about it because by the time, you know, we'd bought things, we'd go, oh, it actually was more than we thought. Or So, yes, you can have a rough idea. Um, but we stayed to our budget. We did stay to our budget. Um, we didn't have that option of going outside. We were very careful with our with our funds and, and what we were going to be spending and so did not um, buy outside our means. Uh, it's challenging, isn't it, to have the thought that uh, you are going to spend beyond your means and uh, we've just had our conversation with Alex Cook talking all things mm. to do with Christmas. Uh, did you guys ever have a budget for each child? You know, you sort of set a limit, set a level so you know what you're working with? Yeah, that's a really good question. And in fact, sometimes people say, well, you have to be equal. You know, you have to have exact, spend exactly the same amount of money. But we never had that. We actually did it for what we thought, felt that they needed or they uh, wanted that would align with their gifts, their talents, their uh, dreams, their hopes. Like, for example, one of our sons is a musician. And uh, so a saxophone is expensive item. And therefore, uh, if we were adding to his musical Ability. Some of those are a bit more expensive than, say, the basketball that our son really wanted. So it wasn't about equal expenses. It was actually trying to find the right present for them. But as Kate alluded to, from a very early age, our boys, and I think Alex just alluded, uh, mentioned it, you know, they actually gave a gift to somebody else. They, you know, it, whether it was the um, a certificate of uh, a goat or yeah. a um, or a, a cow or um, I can't remember all the other the, things that the, we had. Well, yeah. sewing machines. Chickens. Sewing so, machines. That was really yeah. big. Yeah. So one year we decided that we were not going to give gifts. We did that as our family and extended family, and we all put in money and we stood there and decided what gifts we were going to give to people overseas, and it was really fun. The kids loved it. They didn't think they would. They they initially went, oh, that, mm, that yeah. doesn't sound great. Uh, I want but, my present. But when we were able to stand there with all the certificates, you know, under the tree of things that we'd been able to give to another country, you know, and picture another little family getting these things to help them succeed in life in terms of providing for their family, um, they were thrilled, yeah. absolutely thrilled. <laughs> Uh, no, they got stuck into the food. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listeners <laughs> might have their own contribution to make. Our, our talkback line is open right now on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Anything that captures your imagination, you might have your own story to tell. You're welcome to join in one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Hey, when you're watching the weather on TV, all the modelling these days is a little more accurate than it was decades ago, and uh, you know you've got a general idea what weather's going to be like on Christmas Day. Uh, you, you guys are in Melbourne. Uh, I'm in Brisbane, uh, you know, but some uh, in the West uh, might be looking for, to a heat wave. Uh, then there's always a possibility of floods and then there's cyclones potentially in the North. <laughs> I know. Uh, you know. We don't laugh. You've got to, you've got to prepare yourself, haven't you, uh, according to what the weather forecast for your plans on Christmas Day. Any any thoughts about what you guys look at to, to plan in, in advance? <laughs> Well, we are in Melbourne, so you're going to get all four seasons in the one day anyway. So, you know, we can plan all we like, but it's whatever we end up with. Look, usually it's pretty warm in Melbourne on Christmas Day. And so there's been many years where I've thought to myself, gee, it'd be lovely to do it outside, you know, with the lovely t wafty tablecloth sitting under the trees. 
and then it's boiling. And I go, oh, it's inside again. <laughs> the yeah. air conditioner on. No um, flies. Yeah, no flies, no mosquitoes. Uh, so every year I have this, you know, beautiful dream of what it could look like and then I take it inside again. So, you know, I think it's we do get caught up. We really do in what things look like, how it's presented, and I am one of the worst people about this because I like things to look I perfectly. wouldn't say the worst, but you're in the top ten. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I, I like it to look, you know, beautiful, um, beautifully finished and people walk in and enjoy it. Um, but we can lose focus about why we're there. I, I actually look at the people who are going to be there and I prepare for that too because if there's somebody who just – you know, doesn't have somewhere to go and can come, it's great to have that extra present. You know how you're talking about planning? Um, I always have that extra present. and Just in case. You know, and I pray about it when I'm at the shops and I go, I don't know who's coming, Lord, but make something jump out at me. Let's talk decorations for a moment because as you're mm. talking about, you know, having everything set, just uh, my mind goes to, I mean, I've got, uh, you know, different uh, streams of the family which uh, I can uh, call on as, uh, you know, some thoughts about how things look for Christmas and uh, one stream of the family has Santa and al- elves and reindeers over everything and uh, Christmas trees galore. Uh, the other side, uh, much more sparse, much more the focus on Jesus, but almost to the opposite extreme of uh, not having the Christmas tree. So all sorts of ways that you could approach this. Is there a balance in all of this? Because as a Christian, you want Jesus to be the focal centre of the season. But wherever you're celebrating Christmas doesn't mean that your values are, are uh, being reflected in that and you've got uh, Santas and elves and uh, reindeers galore. Any and thoughts snowman on that? In the middle of, yeah, snowman. snowman in the middle of <laughs> summer. I did see a kangaroo in a display in a garden the other day and I went, oh, that's very um, that's Aussie. patriotic. <laughs> it's, a really, it's a really good point, Neil. The, the fact is it doesn't make one right and the other one wrong. It's our heart to Towards those things. And, you know, it depends on the family of origin. You know, you've been married into another family and this is the way they celebrated Christmas together. And you've brought that tradition into the family. And then the other family that say, look, we're never going to have Christmas. We're never going to mention Santa. We're never, we're not going to have the Christmas tree where, you know, and it's, and it, and the, the pendulum swings, but you're, you're meant to enjoy the journey together as a family, creating the, the wonderful memories and also bringing it back to Christ because it's Christmas and it's actually his um, greatest gift that he's given to the world to celebrate that. And if, whether it's with snowmen or with the nativity scene, we can still celebrate Christmas together and make Christ the center of our hearts and our minds and do that practically as well as relationally. Every year we're getting that year older, aren't we? And eventually, uh, when you had your kids and they were little and now they've grown up, eventually you get to become the patriarch or the matriarch of the family. And so your your values start to become even more important. And so the way you present your family culture around Christmas starts to get more sophisticated the, the older we get. Uh, any thoughts here? <laughs> Not that you guys are getting old at all, but... Uh, well, I, any, I oh, was well. just about to say, when <laughs> you said the word mat- matriarch. matriarch and oh, patriarch, I looked yes. at Brett and I went, oh, no, oh. that's... Ooh, we're old. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of us are. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, look, it is. It's really lovely sitting down, even with the grandies, and reading them a story and things like that. And we were just uh, talking about ours because we're the family are all coming to us and... 
our youngest son actually just got married three weeks ago now. And uh, so that's everybody. So we've got a full set. So it'll be our first Christmas with a full set of all all the boys married. And so we're talking about what special thing are we going to do um, to signify that. Um, and one of the things I'd really like to do is, you know, sit and talk about what we're grateful for. What has God done? One thing that God has done in the in this last year that they're just so grateful for. Um, and and starting those traditions. I mean, not that we've ever never done that before, but just as a full set, something new, starting that tradition. And there's a practical way you can do that. I was at a Thanksgiving lunch, and that's not typically an Australian mm-hmm. tradition, but uh, I've got an American son-in-law, so we have a Thanksgiving lunch around the Thanksgiving time. And, and that was one of the things that uh, my daughter and my son-in-law had set up, uh, a little line, and everybody got a piece of paper and a pencil to write down the things that you were thankful for. And so uh, everyone then putting those up on a peg. And it wasn't, it wasn't you know, it's super time-consuming. But then the mm. encouragement was to take a moment when you can through the afternoon uh, to go and see what everyone else is thankful for. So actually, oh, it was a, it was a really practical, cool. practical expression, there's something you can do there. Hey, we'll continue our conversation in just a few moments. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. Our special guests this hour, Brett and Kate Ryan from Focus on the Family Australia. Hey, borders are open. There are some who are getting their families back together after a long period of time being separated. Everyone's looking forward to the perfect Christmas. Uh, Brett and Kate, the perfect Christmas. Is there the such a thing? perfect Christmas. Is there wow. a perfect Christmas? You know, if you're going with the right-sized expectations, there can be. You know, just being together, enjoying each other's company. Um, yeah, and especially after this long time apart. And I guess we need to consider that for some, that's going to be a really difficult time because mm. they're so used to being in, you know, small groups or even just as a couple for some or on their own. And then to come into, say, a big family group, I mean, I've spoken to a girlfriend and she said their family group is 58 this year. Ooh. And and I thought to myself, imagine going into that noise level and people everywhere um, after being not around people. It yeah. can be quite intimidating. Um, so I think we need to be very mindful that some people might need to remove themselves partway through said uh, get-together Um and we suggest people go do the dishes. Uh, that's a good one just to... Or play with the animals. Or play with, yeah, play with the animals. <laughs> or the kids. <laughs> uh, just It just gives them that moment of downtime to gather the, themselves again. Yeah. Okay, so anyone guilty of triggering the argument that should never have been raised, <laughs> you're on dishes or you're on childminding duty. Is that what, you, what you're saying? <laughs> no, that's well, the reverse. It's, no, the, it's no. the people... <laughs> Okay. However, all right, okay, so the opposite way around, okay. Yes. So if you see someone doing the dishes, it doesn't mean they're having a stress or a panic attack or or <laughs> or overwhelmed. They just might be wanting to help out. But sometimes it's good to actually distract yourself just to get your own thoughts clearly uh, in in line with your heart that you're not going to say something or do something that would cause more tension. And and you've already mentioned earlier on that you know sometimes you know that Uncle Tom or uh, Auntie <laughs> Judith. 
always say something that's going to be controversial. You just know it. You just, it's like clockwork. And so if you go in with an expectation, oh, here they go again, but you go, you know what, this is just their time. They, they're, they're human. They're going to make mistakes. Uh, don't take it personally. And it's, as Kate said in the opening remarks, she said, right-sizing your expectations. So if you are a control freak, you know, be a recovering control freak and just say, hey, there's some things I can control, but there's some things that I can't control. But it might be that you have a conversation earlier and say, look, you know, here are the taboo topics. We're not going to go there this year, you know, and especially it might be vaccinations or COVID or conspiracy theories. You can say those topic topics we're not going to mention because they can cause a lot of tension and you don't want to cause tension that's not warranted. Listeners might like to contribute to our conversation. In fact, we'd love to hear from you. If there is something that's happened in Christmases gone by, there's a particular topic that is a trigger topic. It causes all sorts of issues. Uh, You might want to let us know what that one is. And this year it may be vaccination. So how do you deal with this, uh, Brett and Kate? Do you warn everyone in advance? Is it something you can send everyone a message before they get there? Hey, there's a taboo topic. It's off limits. We're just not talking vaccination this year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, look, we've got quite a few friends where their family is a hot topic. And even, you know, on their messenger group chats, family chats, so many people have got offended and it's they've oh the fires they've been it, trying it to put out causes so much tension um because they they don't tend to respect that each person has their own opinion on it and how they've come to it and rather than saying well if you don't believe what i believe then you're just wrong and just saying oh well, i appreciate your thoughts on that you yeah. know and just being gracious I, I think we can be so aggressive um when we just need to be showing grace Some families, uh, and I'm not had personal experience with this, but uh, I have heard some families anxious about getting together because some may be vaccinated and some not. Uh, Mm. There's a lot of hype that goes on uh, in particularly in mainstream media that does like to, you know, put a wedge between the vaxxed and the unvaxxed. Any thoughts here if if you're facing that sort of family situation? Well, I think you need to be uh, showing, as Kate said, grace. And it might be, would you like to have a hug? How would you like to be greeted? You know, like just asking the question and not be offended if they say, look, I'd prefer to just keep a distance. Social distancing is still very real for many people. Um, I'm going to have my meal outside when everyone else is having it inside. Maybe you can say, oh, well, I'll come and sit with you outside just because they're there, which is a great effort that they're actually there. And and they're probably quite anxious and you don't want to um, add more salt to their wound. Um, but it might be that to simply say that, hey, we're going to try and limit the number of people in one room, um, let's spread out because everyone's different. And it, particularly when they're, if someone is more mature in age or if they've got a medical condition that they're uh, immunocompromised, you don't want to add another stress level to say, oh, if I give them a hug or if I give them a kiss or if I'm close within their in their space, these are going to just add more fuel to their they're already high stress levels. And because we are in now a phase of what's happening with COVID-19, where the governments in some states are taking hands off 
basically saying to people, you be responsible for your own safety. You've got to take all of those things into consideration and uh, and uh, be prepared to let others know uh, what your expectations might be. And, of course, <laughs> that might be a trigger for an argument in itself. But, but somehow <laughs> yes. or other, in taking that responsibility, you've got to be able to navigate the way forward by letting others know what your expectation is if it doesn't match theirs. Look, absolutely. And we can speak from experience here because we have family members that are vaxxed and unvaxxed. And we have just shown love, you know, because you respect why they've made their choices. And I think if if we get past the point of having to be right, and let's face it, if you're not a, a scientist or a specialist physician in some area to do with COVID, all you know is what you've read. And so people are making choices all over the place based on what they've read. And so you have to respect those people's choices about what they've read. Now, if they want to talk about it, then you can talk about it, not at, not at Christmas, um, <laughs> outside of Christmas. Um, if they want to talk about it and share differing opinions in a respectful manner, then you can do that. But if they're not open to that, then you need to respect that. Let, let's face it, as parents of adult children who have their own children, we don't waltz up and say, this is how you should be parenting your children. We only do that if we're given... Permission. Um, permission to do so. And the same has to revolve around this vaccination, etc. topic, um, because it needs to be done out of respect. So social distancing is on the agenda because in some sense, when you boil it all down, it's your social distance. Uh, that's the only protection from catching COVID because of all of these new uh, developing strains, uh, Omicron and such things, uh, so easy to catch. Some may not turn up for Christmas. I mean, what's mm. your what are your thoughts here uh, for those who are thinking? Well, uh, you know, maybe I just won't turn up for Christmas if I'm actually quite anxious about these things. Well, actually, that, that happened this morning about um, Brett's mum. I was talking to her on the phone, and she said, "Look, I don't know that I'll go to church and be in a large group um, because of this new variant." And just be a bit wise there. I'll go to Christmas with the smaller group, but I don't think I'll go to the larger group. Um, just out of concern. And I said, that's fine. You don't need to go if you don't feel comfortable. And I, I think the same's going to have to go with Christmas, uh, Christmas lunch because there's a level of fear. Now, as Christians, I hope that we don't have a lot of fear. You know, God's got his hand all over it. Um, but there is an, a bit of an anxiety around... The unknown. As we just come back to that whole vaccination controversy just before the news, uh, some will decide not to turn up for a family Christmas. Uh, is there a gracious way that you might be able to respond if there are some uh, some difficulties with people getting together because of a vaccination issue this Christmas? What are your thoughts? Of course there are. There are fantastic ways to join together and everybody's become an expert on Zoom uh, or team meets or some other version thereof um, and just put them on Zoom and put them at the head of the table or, you know, so they're part of it. And, and a great way is to make up a look if they're, you know, in the area is make a pack for them. 
so that they can be eating the same kind of food as you're having and sharing in that. Wonderful. Let's talk Christ in Christmas for a few moments here. And Brett, you know, when we have Christmas, you know, we have a Christmas tree and there's all sorts of decorations around the house. Uh, Lots of us will have a nativity scene because that draws a special attention to the story of Christmas. And oftentimes we do that because we're concerned about kids. But of course, there's a kid's story of Christmas and then there's a a grown up story of Christmas, too, around the incarnation. Any thoughts here, uh, no matter whether you've got kids around or whether it's just adults meeting for Christmas, how you bring Christ into Christmas? Well, I heard of a story of um, children growing up in a household and they actually acted out the characters of the nativity. And they all had a chance to play Mary or Joseph or the innkeeper or King Herod and, and Mary, you know, all the characters. And as they did it, they did this every year and they were allowed to let their creativity and their imagination run wild. And it was funny and it was hilarious, but they also finished with it being very uh, poignant that they actually remembered that it was Jesus, this great gift that God gave to the whole world. And as they got older, you'd think that, well, maybe they'd stop doing it. But even as young adults, they all wanted to do this uh, acting out because it was their family tradition. And I thought, well, maybe that's something that you may be able to start this year, a tradition that you, uh, with your children, can actually reenact. What Could you imagine what it would have been like for Mary? What's What was going through her mind, do you think? What about Joseph? Um could you imagine if you were the shepherds and this angel appeared to you? What was what would you be thinking? And just allow your kids their thoughts and their their um, creativity to run wild. And it's actually bringing back the story, the greatest story, that he came in the form of a baby. And that alone, if you can imagine, the all powerful God, all knowing God, came back in a helpless form, human form that relied on other humans to look after him, where he is the creator of all things. That alone is just, it's overwhelming to imagine, but we should go back to the real reason for that season. This season is that Jesus came in the form of a baby and the greatest gift the world has ever, ever received. Talk about family traditions and culture. I mean, my imagination is running wild right now, and I've never had this thought before, But uh, because I've got some grandchildren this year as well. And uh, the thought that Christmas costumes might be a part of where you store all of your Christmas decorations, because... uh, wouldn't that be wonderful? And what a great idea to be able to reenact the Christmas story. And you could get some costumes for a Mary and for a Joseph and for a baby Jesus. And, you, you know, for some families, when there's, you know, babies coming into the family, you might actually have uh, the real actor of, uh, you know, of a real baby <laughs> being in the manger. You could have a manger as part of your whole uh, mm. Christmas uh, you know, storage of your, uh, your decorations. There's some creative ways you do that. And when you do that, you're creating those family traditions and in so doing, creating a family culture. And that's the way you change things, isn't it? Uh, Your thoughts here, Kate, Uh, changing family culture, you've got to do some things that are practical. Absolutely. And one thing that we did for years on end, there was a production put on just at our local suburb around an area that was big and open. And they put together this drama called The Road to Bethlehem every year. 
It's free to go to and you just get tickets and you walk around and there's scenes that happened to to lead up to the birth of Jesus. And we took our kids every year and even into their young adult years, they have wanted to go and now they'd go with their friends. And it's it every year it just reminds them and there's humour and there's this awe, you know, at the end you've got the angels singing over uh, the manger, holy, 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 you know. And I remember every year I would stand and cry and the children at the at the end were handed these little um, popsicle crosses that had a, a little pe- a piece of cardboard and they wrote down what they wanted to say to Jesus and it was absolutely beautiful, stuck into the ground and just the innocence of children. We stood there and we read what other children had written and just this beautiful innocence of children and their love for Jesus. And that's what we want to try and do with our families is really build this personal relationship with who Jesus is. He's not just some random out there, you know, a far off God. He came to earth to have a relationship with us. Some of these things happen in local churches everywhere. In fact, sometimes at Christmas time, you've got some churches, and it's difficult to do it every year because it takes an awful lot of energy to make these things happen. But when you've got a church that's doing a wonderful carols presentation and a, you know, Jesus in Christmas, nativity plays and all sorts of things like that, there'll be churches around local communities where it might be worth a, a visit to those that are running those things because you could make that part of your tradition. Is that a w- one way of looking at it? Yeah, very much so. I mean, you take the opportunities when they can they present themselves. And you're right, there'll be some churches that have always put on hosted an event, but unfortunately due to the circumstances this year it hasn't been the case. But then you might start a new one. It might be going around and looking at the lights in at night time and that's what our son and daughter-in-law do. They go around and look at the Christmas lights, but they're also looking out for which ones have the most Christ-centered, you know, there's a nativity scene rather than just snow, you know, Frosty the Snowman or or the reindeer, where it can be, you know, they're very elaborate and very exciting. But another place had some um, singing, and uh, they were having uh, the carols being played in the background. And it's those carols. Some of the carols are beautiful and very God-honoring, and that could be the tradition that you could start as well. And if you can't get to a church service, you can have your own little church service. And uh, Kate mentioned it a little bit. Earlier, that you know, having a moment where you can actually be grateful for something. What are you grateful for this year? And uh, and then maybe just a, a, a time where you can actually have a time of prayer and bringing Christ into your family tradition. Wonderful thought that church happens wherever two or three are gathered together in that sense because you might be going through something of a family controversy where you want to go to church because you think that is the tradition that you should hold and uh, we're thankful that churches have services and uh, they are often well attended at Christmas time but you want to go to church but the rest of the family just wants to chill out and sometimes you've got a little bit of division happens there. Uh, Kate, how do you handle that sort of uh, arrangement? Uh, Is there something special you ought to know? Well, to be quite honest, we're in probably a really good time if people don't want to go to church because many services services are now online. So if they want to have that on the background, somebody could sit and watch it and others could just have it in the background. Uh, I guess there's a whole lot of compromises that are going to need to be made as people settle into mixing again. Um, and yes, look, traditions are wonderful, 
but forced traditions can lead to a lot of stress, <laughs> unnecessary stress. Um, if the kids go, well, we don't want to reenact that. Well, don't say, well, we are. We're going to reenact the birth and of Jesus. And you're going to enjoy it. <laughs> that's right. And you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's not going to work. And all it does is force what they see as religion down their throat. You want to be able to talk about Jesus organically and, and his story. Uh, you don't want to be shoving it down anyone's throat who's not ready to hear it or un- very unreceptive to it. And that um, includes, you know, saying we're going to go to church and you're going to have a good attitude about it. it <laughs> it's not going to quite cut it. But no. you know, if people want to have a bit of a break and and it's not about the church attendance. It's nothing extraordinary about it. It's actually your heart and your mm-hmm. uh, spirit and your desire to worship God at this time. Uh, let's talk grown-ups' attitudes at Christmas. Uh, Kate, uh, here's a scenario for you. Uh, you wanted jewellery, but you got a kitchen appliance. Uh, any thoughts around uh, your attitudes to receiving gifts at Christmas? Now, remember, people are listening to this, Kate, and, um, and they had an image of who I was, and and you don't want to blow that oh, reputation. Oh, dear. That makes me laugh. Um, look, here's the thing. I would have liked an eternity ring. And Brett felt that that wasn't a practical gift, and he decided to talk me into the fact that I'm really more a practical gift person, and I don't really like jewellery. And he said, you know, something like, say, a fridge. And, you know, to be quite honest, I could get excited about a fridge because we'd been, first of all, we'd had two little bar fridges sitting sitting on top of each other, and the second fridge we had was a hand-me-down from... Uh, my parents. So a fridge was a very exciting appliance that I could get behind. Now, you've never seen anyone move faster because as soon as he said, well, you could get a fridge, I said, okay, I'm out. And I was out the door and he, he calls out, talk them down. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so offer I, them cash. I, yes, offer them cash. Yep. So I didn't get the eternity ring, but I did get a very nice fridge and I was pretty happy with my fridge. So... Those kind of presents, it depends. You've got to read the room. (laughs) Mum was just telling me that she got given a a blender of some kind or a recipe book. I can't even remember what she said. And she said, I burst into tears. And I said, why? And she said, the expectation that I was going to be any good in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) And that made me laugh. So, yes, we've got to read the room. And if you know that somebody loves being in the kitchen, well, a kitchen appliance might be the thing. Mm. But if they're not and you're just trying to make a heavy-handed suggestion, but it also comes down to right-sizing your expectations <laughs> and the budgets and the, cli- uh, yeah. the climate that they're in. If there's if finances have been really tight, you may not be able to get that jewelry. And it may be that you could put mm. some si- some money aside for the future. It may not happen this year, but it might happen another time. But if you go in with an attitude of I need to have this to have a fulfilling and happy Christmas, yeah. then you're going in with a you know a wrong attitude, but you're also going to be you know, setting yourself up for failure. Disappointment. And um, so, you know, it, it's not about the gift. Obviously, the thought. And for those people who finances have been very difficult, and you spoke about this with Alex a little bit earlier, you know, finances are, 
are going to cause a lot of tension in relationships and uh, in the family budgets. And so sometimes the most meaningful Christmases have been the ones that you've been outward focused, purchasing gifts for other people, helping other people, or it could be the words that you write at this mm. time and say, this is how much I appreciate you and how much I love you and how much you mean to me. And it's those words can actually mean more to the person rather than the perfect gift. In our family, uh, we developed something over many years uh, where we said birthdays are a great time for more personal indulgences, maybe like the jewellery. Christmas, a time for practical things. So uh, there's a a little way of uh, being able to differentiate what you might expect when it comes to uh, birthdays or Christmas. And that's just something that has been part of our family for a while. Some women would say that rings are very (laughs) That's right. Hey, uh, just uh, this is an interesting one because making known what your expectations are can be very, very useful too. So, having a list of uh, gifts that you want and everyone having their own list, and you know, you put all sorts of things on there that you think you might like for Christmas, uh, those are very useful because then it sets an expectation, uh, but it also uh, gives everyone the opportunity to give you something that's not completely useless and and, uh, you spend a lot of money on things you'll never use. Uh, Any thoughts around lists? Well, yes, actually. Um, We've got people in our family because we decided that because finances are tight, especially for young couples who've just got married, um, that we would only we'd put in our, the, all the names that go into this. There's an app for it now, of course, uh, but we'd only buy for two people. Spend fifty dollars on each each uh, each person, and we don't even buy. Brett and I don't even buy for each other now. We just put. The, we get the two people and we spend a hundred dollars and that's it and and then of course we add in our parents but we we did that so that there wasn't this financial thing but there is the option to put things on a list on this app or not and some of them wanted to put down a list so they got exactly what they wanted and others just wanted to see if you knew them well enough if you really know if you, me yeah, if you really know me yes. and love me you'll know what to get <laughs> So it's a bit of a trap, really, yes. but fun. It is fun. Okay. Uh, let me just uh, hit you with uh, another one big issue that uh, occasionally comes up in conversation, uh, which is really important to cover because as a Christian family, you're looking to do all these wonderful things, and new family traditions, a culture that has Christ in the centre of it, and you've got relations coming from everywhere for Christmas, and uh, there's always someone who drinks a little too much at Christmas time. Uh, any thoughts here? You know, when you have alcohol comes into your family Christmas and dealing with that, any thoughts here around, uh, you know, that alcohol doesn't always bring out the best in everyone? No, that's very true. And, and, and we really feel for families that if alcohol has been a very sore point for many families, mm. um, but it may be that you have to be more proactive and be mindful about how much is being consumed and, uh, and, and actually making sure that the person who has that problem, um, that they're getting plenty of food, they're pacing themselves, and you're actually just making sure that you're saying, hey, 
Is it a wise thing to have another drink here at this time? Um, and not doing it with an accusatory tone or being um, saying that you're wrong. It's just that sometimes people in the in the height of celebration will go one, two, three. But you want to be more proactive. It's not to say that alcohol is bad. It's what alcohol can do to people. And they might say and do things that they would rather forget and rather not have gone down that that that. Um, pathway. So it's being more proactive in that time. Rather than allowing it to get out of hand, it's better to be proactive rather than reactive. And let's face it, you can choose what goes on in your own home. You can choose to have alcohol or not. Um, And I know with some cultures, you, you know, alcohol is just part of growing up. Yeah. And so, but then there are others where they don't want to have alcohol in their home because of something that would trigger them. And so we we need to be mindful of that. Um, that I mean, those kind of decisions happen around weddings. Do we have alcohol or we don't have alcohol? Because what could be the end result? And uh, and so we do need to be mindful of that and maybe make a just have a discussion around around that before it gets there. These are all challenging. Hey, uh, time is running out. Uh, if you're looking forward to a stress-free Christmas, well, it doesn't usually happen if you're the one who's responsible to make it all happen for that family gathering on Christmas Day. Uh, any thoughts here around uh, the stress-free Christmas or a lower-stress Christmas because uh, everybody's sharing a little bit of the burden or getting enough sleep? Uh, any thoughts here on how you might just... Uh, de-stress when it comes to how you're actually approaching Christmas Day? I think having everybody a part of it uh, with us, with our traditions, everybody contacts me because it's usually at our house. And so everyone contacts me and says, what would you like me to bring? Now, usually I have a really great list of (laughs) what I'm doing, but because (laughs) a son got married three weeks ago, I'm tired. (laughs) And so they're ringing me and going, what should I bring? What should I bring? And it's only recently that we've just sorted that out and everybody's bringing something. And so we're just left to organise meat and a few little snack things. And so that really reduces stress Mm. for all of us um, because we're all contributing, we're doing it together and I think, too, we have to make a decision that if things don't go to plan, have a good laugh about it. I mean, growing up, I used to I used to say to my mum, I wonder what's going to happen this year because it was, there was always something hilarious that happened with aunts or uncles or kids stepping in roast potatoes and pumpkins and then becoming mashed and, you know, just hilarious things where I used to look forward to what wasn't going to go mm. right. <laughs> yeah. And but I think you're also you're talking about sharing the, the, the burden – Going in prior rather than sending them an invoice at the end of the uh, function and saying, oh, well, you need to pay me for this and that yeah. and that. Yeah. That's not a good approach. You can actually say, hey, this is um, – if it, if we're happy to do all the catering and we're happy to organise everything, but could everyone just contribute a small amount of money towards those expenses? If everyone knows what to expect prior, then it, it – takes away the uncomfortable conversations that inevitably will happen, especially if someone says, well, I didn't eat enough or I didn't drink enough or I didn't get the good gift and all those things. It's going in with the all the expectations. Everyone knows what to expect and then it, there are no surprises. It's actually nicer if somebody who's not running it actually organises that because it is quite an uncomfortable discussion around money and you feel bad because you feel like you should be organising it. So it's nice if, say, 
an uncle or a, one of your adult kids gets with everybody else and goes, you know what, guys, let's put in $25 or $30 or whatever it is they want to contribute. Let's just do that and we'll hand it over to, you know, the people who are organising it, mum and dad or grandma and grandpa. Well, wonderful insights today, as always, uh, but just some special things came out in our conversation. And a reminder to listeners, uh, we'll have a podcast of this conversation up this afternoon on our uh, podcast page, 2020 page at vision.org.au. You might want to listen again to a few of these wonderful things, and you might want to send on that podcast to some family members. It might be useful to you uh, to have such wonderful wisdom from Brett and Kate Ryan uh, to be shared into your family Christmas this year. Brett and Kate lead Focus on the Family. Let me tell you how you can get in touch with Brett and Kate. You can connect with them at families.org.au. That's the website for Focus on the Family, families.org.au. And check out some of the wonderful resources there for parenting and for relationships. But just a wonderful conversation today to the two of you. And you've made such a wonderful contribution on Vision through the year and uh, through the Rise and Shine program and you've been my guest a number of times but just wonderful talking to you and uh, may God's richest blessing on you and your family for a happy and holy Christmas this year. Thank you so much Brett and Kate for being part of 2020 today and sharing these things with listeners. It's indeed our pleasure and it's our honour to partner along with Vision and uh, we love the heart and uh, the intention of creating God-honoring content and God-honoring families as the heart of what Vision is all about. And so may all your listeners uh, have a very blessed Christmas and a Christ-centered New Year. And Kate, uh, those grandchildren are yours. Uh, No doubt you're going to have a wonderful Christmas this year. Oh, we really are. And to you too, Neil, to you and your family and your grandies. (laughs) Have a wonderful time. Blessings to you both. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 